G'day listeners, welcome to Bar Karate, the sailing podcast. My name is Jordan Spencer and it's that time of the week where we get to hang out with some cool sailors, but unfortunately I have to share it with my two idiot mates. So first up joining me is Mr. Brett Perry. Greetings, exalted one. No, Brett, I wonder where he's gone. I'll bring in the other bloke and see if we can find out. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. Mr. Nick Boss. I hope he does realise the fact he's not here, we can just rip the piss out of him <laughs> completely. But I I kind of feel a bit bad because I did that all last week. Oh, yeah. You nailed him last week. I, I think probably that's got, I probably got a bit loose. <laughs> that was one of the funniest comments. And, oh. and um, I was really looking forward to backing it up, backing it up this week. He's, so he's hiding. given he's not here, I will continue to rip the piss out of him as much as possible. <laughs> well, he's off. Playing Pokemon or something, isn't he? Yeah. No, he's got uh, all his 38 screens set up on the front of his bicycle just riding around Sydney town. <laughs> no, actually, so he's, um, yeah, hammering his cock against a brick wall in the Etchells um, in Sydney Harbour. But it must be, what's it called? The Goblet. Milson Silver com- Goblets. Yep, they're competing in. I thought that was um, a Pokemon character. <laughs> it sounds like it. It does. Yeah. But, um, yep. This is the last – uh, so we're recording on Friday night. Yep. This is their last night. Yeah. Um, I think he's sitting in fifth or seventh. He or was seventh going in uh, yeah. and uh, the race has happened. I've got the point score in front of me. Um, so They've ended up 39th. Yeah. They, <laughs> well, put it this way, they, they didn't have a glamour last race. They, they got their drop tonight so they've yep. ended up sixth overall though because a few other people had some bad ones as well so um ended up sixth colin beachel won um so an old bloke with a moustache one followed by tom john bertrand so an old bloke with a moustache and then uh pete marrington and uh steve jarvin i think so yeah, we, yeah. and uh, just while we're on that just yep. a quick shout out um last week mentioning the winners of the sa state titles was um Deuce and Snowy, but I forgot to mention Sam, so quick shout-out, Sam. Big Sam Reed. Yep. He's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a fairly large bloke. He could probably <laughs> smash you into the ground fairly quickly. Yep. <laughs> One of those hold fucking just knock me on the scone. That's You're it. out, boy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so my mistake, Sam, but uh, there you go, pal. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. Well, we've got a good one tonight. I'm, uh, I'm mm. actually quite fired up because, you know, in our little travels, boys, you and I've got to meet some really cool people. And one of the blokes that really st- has stuck in my mind over those years is our guest tonight. You know, he sort of, he, he really impresses me. He's um, three-time Olympic sailor in the 470 class, um, got a silver in the world in Cash Cache in 2007 with some, some nung-nongs by the name of Nathan Pagey. Beat him, a couple of Aussies, beat yeah. him into silver. Um, sails on a ton of boats, on moths a bit now, and then pro sailing on a bunch of things like TPs, J70s, the Swan 45s, anything. That, and he also founded and created this really cool business. And we tried really hard to work with him as part of the boat yard and our work on the ocean race. Uh, and it. We didn't quite get there before everything changed. Uh, he created a business called Salmon, and they make displays, processors, and this really cool little uh, device called their yeah, Salmon Max. Um, so, our special guest is Carly Costa from the Netherlands. Welcome to Bar Karate Bud. Well, hi, Jordan. How are you going? 
Hey, Cully, before you start, wooden shoes, wooden head, <laughs> wooden fucking listen. Have you ever heard Thanks. that before? Uh, a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, I know. We've met each other a few times. <laughs> Especially, uh, you know, when uh, when I was a bit younger, I heard it a lot, and then I just uh, decided to become a navigator, so everybody had to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good move, good move. Hey, Carly, no, no in all seriousness, um, since the day Jordan and I did meet you and just kind of not necessarily follow you on your journey because your journey was created a long time before that, but see to what you've created with Salmon has been pretty phenomenal, mate. So well done, congratulations. And we we like Thanks. seeing what we what we see. Well the journey just got started, so it's still uh, still a long way to go. Mm. Actually before we go, I, I I always gotta put this disclaimer in. We are not getting paid. Um, for all these nice words, uh, so we we genuinely like the product. We genuinely like the bloke, and there's no we're not getting paid for this. So uh, you can take it for that, okay? So this is not a paid ad, all right? So if we talk about salmon, <laughs> it's just from genuine interest, all right? Um, all right. So we met uh, the first time we met was actually not quite cash cash, but just you know only a few kilometers. Pretty close, <laughs> Lisbon, I yeah. think. Yeah, in, in the Mojars. Correct. In that's it. Yeah, in our boat yard. So that's a happy hunting ground for you sailing out of there, mate. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a really cool place to sail. Uh, I remember uh, also getting back there in the in the TP fifty twos, and uh, uh, yeah, it was it's pretty uh, exciting to race out on the on the outer course. We, we used to call it course five, mm. and uh, and the ride would always pay. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was good fun. And even in the TP52s, I think the first day we ran it, the top mark twice in first position, but uh, then everybody else catched on. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, all right, so tell us, tell us your journey into the sport of sailing because uh, knowing your history, you didn't get a choice really, did you? No, so my, my dad went to the Olympics in 76 and 80 in uh, Solings. And uh, as a kid, I know nothing else than being on a boat. I was thrown in the, in the front of the boat in a little bathtub and would sail to, uh, to England and France. So the seasickness got banged out of me pretty quick. Um, and then I, I didn't really like competitive sailing until I was 10. Uh, but I had to watch my brother and sister every weekend. So uh, And then one weekend I just said, oh, I need to go racing as well. And then... My dad got me a boat and I started racing and it went pretty quick from there. We, uh, I went to the Europeans in the Optimist, so made the selection within a year and just kept going. Never really made it to the Worlds, just did four Europeans. Um, and after the Optimist, I got pretty big, pretty quick, um, sailed for 20 for a bit. Uh, but yeah, I had big goals. My crew didn't have the same goals. My brother had big goals. His crew didn't have the same goals. So we kind of went like, okay, we want to go to the Olympics. Let's do it together. So when when mm. we were uh, 16, we um, when I was 16 and he was uh, 20, 21, uh, we started sailing together. And we did well pretty quickly in for 70s. And uh, the Dutch Federation even thought we had a shot at making the Sydney Olympics. So they uh, they let us fly over to uh, Sydney for uh, – 
<laughs> for a for a summer in uh, in Sydney. I think we were there three four months. But I was sixteen. I was still in high school, and yeah. I just brought nice. I brought all my books. No coach, no parents. Wow! So it was uh, it was a lot of fun with my brother, and it was uh, growing up pretty quickly. Yeah, mate. I tell you, what, I was twenty two in Sydney in the year two thousand, and I grew up pretty quickly as well. <laughs> Ever heard of the Hellfire Club? <laughs> well, this was one of the things. I was 16 and I was not allowed in any of the bars. So Apart from the had... uh, orange one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but my brother had this um, uh, international driving license where we changed the picture ads from him to me. <laughs> and, and that kind of got me into all the bars. And even on a ride from uh, Melbourne to uh, uh, back to Sydney, we got pulled over by the cops and I was driving. I didn't have a driving license. <laughs> and, and, and a place called, I don't know, Wangy Wangy or some, some strange <laughs> name. And it's like like one house and, and cops. So, and my brother, I asked my brother, what, the, what should I do? He goes like, uh, stop maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I, I stopped the car. I had two 470s behind us. And shit, now, I'm really, now we're really fucked. <laughs> and uh, the only thing I had to do is do an alcohol test. <laughs> Right. I could drive on. <laughs> nice. Easy. Oh, glad you hadn't heard of a rider back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dear, dear. Yeah. Um, actually, no, so that, that was great great fun there, training with Paul Forster and uh, and Bob uh, Merrick, who ended up winning the silver medal. And a uh, couple of years on, Paul Forster and Kevin Burnham, who just uh, uh, deceased, a great mm-hmm. mate. Um, uh, they were our training partners for 2004 and they really helped us get to the next level uh, and we finished sixth in uh, in Athens which was which was awesome and then we just kept going improved 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 until our journey in the 470 sort of ended in 2012 uh, with some great results and medals at all regardless except for <laughs> the the Olympics where yeah. we got fourth <laughs> yeah that's right fourth and then yeah you got a 12th in 2012. Um, it's a pretty intense class. Do you look at it nowadays just sort of going, wow, how, how intense it is? Or, you know, it's always been that way, I guess. Well, it's, it's funny because now you've taken a bit of a, yeah, a helicopter view from the class and you really see that it's, it's going in circles. Mm. And, it's been, and it's been going in circles mm. for about 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, although I think it's a cool class, it, it's – kind of had its time you know it's i think i think we should move on to more modern classes in olympic sailing and uh, <laughs> i even wrote I, I even wrote a piece about it in 2007 i love it but yeah but so actually cully and the, the listeners can't see this but in the background we've got a a shot black and white shot something doing 20 knots and what what is that? Well, I'm actually I'm actually crashing there. <laughs> it's uh it's me on my moth uh, sailing in uh, uh, on my home lake, yep. and uh, just crashing. And and what you see is that is our Silmon Max display, yep. and it's kind of uh, one of the things that I always missed in the in the sailing, especially in dinghies, was electronics because mm. everything is always by heel and feel by and, heel and, and yeah. you, you come ashore and you start lying to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I was really quick. Yeah. No, I was really quick. I thought I was quicker. And there's no real measurable measurability of what you've done on the water. Everybody's yeah. just guessing. So and, just, just quickly though, before we do start guessing, what was your article about? <laughs> <laughs> 
in 2007. Yeah. So it was literally called, it was my thesis for my studies, and it was called The Future of Sailing. <laughs> oh. Okay, I love it. Now right. we want to talk. Yeah. B- buckle up, listeners. Sit down. <laughs> um, just break out the uh, notepad. Here we go. Kick it off, mm-hmm. Gully. So, once upon a time. Well, <laughs> once upon a time. Uh, well, it, it, it was, it was it, I think YouTube just got started. Uh, we didn't call it YouTube. We called it narrow casting. Um, and um, I, it was clear that sailing was never going to be end up really on TV. It all needed to happen through uh, the internet and, uh, and social media. But in order to make it interesting, it also needed to modernize a little bit. Because you know, uh, watching a race sometimes is boring. It looks like it's like uh, letting grass grow. If you have a couple of lasers in five knots doing a one-hour race, it's not that interesting. Mm. Um, so, uh, to make it more interesting, the formats need to change. The uh, uh, the speeds need to go up, and basically, they've done that really well in the America's Cup and Seal GP. Sailing's become much more interesting, um, but the Olympic sailing is still lagging behind a lot and and i think the three pinnacles of the sport really sh- were the america's cup volvo ocean race and the olympics and the olympics is yeah they i think that the isf needs to look at sailing again and and embrace all the modern technologies available and they they're not the the yeah i call them a little bit the the, the blue blazers they they want to keep sailing traditional and um, yeah, it's, it can become a computer game, etc. But at the same time, uh, we're losing a lot of the youth. So, uh, and the youth want to have data. They want to have look at, at at interesting things. You know, they, they want, want to go com- fast. Yeah, yeah, and they want to compare with their friends. They want to have data to compare with their friends, not just the the bar talk. You know, they're lying at the bar. They need more than that. Well, so, easy, mate. Just just by the way, <laughs> if you don't know what like bar karate is, he knows. This is actually talking <laughs> shit at the bar with your mates. Yeah, <laughs> it's but it's good to have some data to talk at the bar, <laughs> but never never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe we need to create the uh, the bar karate special the, version of your instrument, mate. The, yeah. <laughs> the virtual bar karate. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can lie a little bit, yeah. So uh, obviously if we go back to the Olympic stuff, though, one of the issues uh, becomes uh, for uh, world sailing is that it, the cost of if you go the high tech, then the boats become prohibitively expensive um, comparative to a laser. And a laser allows poor nations into the events is what they'd argue. So it, it provides a more a greater, fairer representation. I, I think that's a, a bullshit argument, to mm. be honest, because uh, <laughs> the, the total cost of the uh, of an Olympic campaign is not in the boat. Uh-huh. It's in uh, it's in the people. It's in the coaching. It's in the travelling. It's in the hotels, uh, shipping, whatever. It's it's not in the cost of the boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, if you have a like an offshore few hundred thousand euro boat that that makes a dent in the budget but whether the boat costs ten thousand or thirty thousand i don't think it really matters so what about uh close racing so one of the the things that slower boats offer is more close tactical racing how do you how do you answer that element in it well i think in in order to make sailing more watchable Mm -hmm. and more interesting Mm -hmm. you need more changes mm-hmm. and uh, if you look at the at the cup right now it's interesting but it's only two boats 
yep. if you would have 20 of those boats on the same race course, it would be chaos and spectacle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think if you look at, for example, moth sailing, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it's spectacular to watch, you know. And, and yes, the distances are bigger, but they are also uh, like the 200 meters is the same as 20 meters. Yeah. Mm. Well, um, so the last moth worlds in Fremantle. Um, one of the jokes we made was that they just replayed the video over and over again for, of one race because uh, um, Tom uh, Slingsby just – he uh, started off the pin, accelerated from away from everyone, tacked onto port, sailed up to the top mark, came back and was 200 metres in front of everyone and every day was the same sort of thing. So, um, oh, look oh, – all I care about, and I'm just I'm just challenging you. I'm not criticising you. I just want to challenge so to see how well thought out your argument is. That's all. But the um, uh, all I I think we care about on bar karate is getting more people into sailing. So um, whatever works, we're happy with. I think is probably fair. As long as people I'm are the having same. A, yeah. In the end, I love sailing. I don't care how we get more people in the sport, but yeah. I think we should get more people in the sport. Yeah. And, and my way is technology. Yeah. Because uh, it, it gives more insight. Like, even if you watched the Moth Worlds last year, and, and Jody did a, a great job with the drone and, 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 and the footage you had available, but there was no data there. Mm-hmm. There was no, ah, oh, Slingsby did it in 20,000 meters, and Kyle still 25,000 meters you know that's why he lost the race mm. there's no real sense of why the people lose the race or win the race well, and that makes it a bit i remember uh Carly, when we, we actually first met which was just after the start in the 1718 race in lisbon when you came yeah. down and you're explaining to me not only your electronic side of things and but the, and the digital and the data and all that sort of stuff, but how you're creating this virtual yacht club, how you are creating this and s- essentially Strava for yachties. Yeah, and that's, that's, you be, can, that's been can, a journey on its own, to be honest. Yeah. No, no, and that oh, there's two separate things there. One's, of course, the digital side and two is the virtual side plus racing against your mates um, and I remember, I do remember you telling me, well, you go sailing your moth one day in Lisbon and your mate sailing it in Sydney and you can compare notes on Strava. Exactly. Well, exactly. And, which, and sorry to use a common term, and maybe you, this is what the goal is, is what you have. Is, is that still building? Is it still coming? Is this like the future? Is it this is what we're going to, the youth are going to see is the new thing uh 100% that's uh, uh I, I started Simon with that in mind uh, yeah. and it took a couple of years to get there but I think we're getting closer and closer we now actually have a device that's accessible for everyone like mm-hmm. like uh, because they our our other devices was way too were way too expensive for most sailors yep uh we we then started to try out with a free app um but never really had a solution after that. So people would love to try the app, but then they didn't really uh, get a device to sail with it afterwards. And our app also being a journey on how to um, uh, get it to a quality that people would expect. Because, 
users these days with their mobile phones and and, and Facebook and, and and the companies where actually I think hundreds of people are working on uh, on a single app yeah. expect the same usability from an app even from a relative small company as us. So you need to get it to that level in order for it to be a success. So now we've actually found really talented uh, UX designer who's, who's done some great apps for, and worked in Silicon Valley for big companies, etc. cetera. Uh, and that he's helping us to bring sailing to the uh, yeah next level, but also in a, in a user experience way, because my background, of course, is professional sailing. And that sometimes gives the wrong data to the sailors because uh, people mm. have heard about VMG and VMC, but they 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 don't really have They're an really idea nice. yeah. what the difference is. Yeah. So we need to really put it more in 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 uh, layman's terms, so everybody will become a better sailor and can relate to their data. And mm. we don't need to make polars for every two knots of wind speed. We can make it much simpler than that. And so that's that's uh, what we're working on right now, and that's really exciting. Even using the word polars, like yeah. to the layman, it means nothing. I must have actually last night. I'm off on my way to to the Thursday night basketball game, and um, I'm on a, on the phone to a mate of mine, and we're talking about a bro, the blast reacher. And yeah. <laughs> I, I get off the phone, and my mate's like, "My mate's like, yeah, I think the bro has to be high in the spigot, down to the the low <laughs> shading point with the uh, bro off the off the tough luff type thing." <laughs> like, there's all this language, yeah. <laughs> which is only language we understand. Yeah. Which ninety eight percent of, well, even more, don't understand. So. Yeah, well, I hear what you're saying. Really, Trying to put it into I, this layman, and it's a bit layman's not the right word, but layman's terms to understand well, how it works. I don't know the right. I don't know the right word in English, mm. but uh, like I'm lucky that I have people around me in the company here that keep me real. You know, they keep me real on technology. Yeah. They keep me real on uh, what should be in stop, our stop uh, you geeking out. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because I, I always want to put in more. And, and actually, uh, Max has taught me and, and also the company that how we should really approach products for a bigger market. And as soon as we get a bigger market, we can invest more money in our platform. And mm. if our platform takes off, it's, it's like a chicken yeah. and an egg thing, you know? So yeah. it's, uh, and, and Max has been going great last year, even through the pandemic so that's that's exciting we're ramping up production uh, uh we've sold over 500 units in just uh, six months yeah uh, uh, from nothing so it's awesome yeah we we threw max on the sharpie a few months back just to yeah. have a look at it and then had a look at the data afterwards and the minute you open it up and like people are that that glued to it it's amazing it's amazing yeah yeah. yeah, it's the, the, the it's been cool also to hear people re, being really enthusiastic about it, you know. Yeah. And even for myself, I love to sail with it, and that's that was the goal as well. I wanted the device that I I've missed all those years, and uh, and and Max uh, is that device. But there's so much more cool stuff that we're working on that it will become better and better. We'll yeah. get a get a master slave mode. Uh, we can provide everybody with target speeds so they, they have a guide on how to 
repeat what they've done before, mm. re- really helping people save it and having fun afterwards. That's the main goal. So for the listeners who don't know what the Salmon Max is, it's, um, it's a small device that you would put, you, you'd have it on a moth or you'd have it on a dinghy. Um, it's a standalone box that provides, you can ping your start line, you get your speed, you get your GPS positioning, um, you got all that data that uploads and you can go through and do an analysis afterwards. And you can switch the GPS off for those classes that, um, that don't allow you to race with GPS and the actual app shows that when it's switched off, so you can prove that if anybody has any issues with that. So it's, it's quite a clever little device. Um, gets your VMGs as well, I think. Because um, that's, to me, when you first explained it to me, uh, I was thinking if you're ever just out training by yourself, you can just, you can, you know, you start tracking BMG or start tracking some of this data. So when you're in conditions, you can just, you've got a training device. It's a training partner there. So you can actually develop your skills even if you're just by well, yourself. It's interesting what you said about turning the compass off. A lot of people told me, ah, you should make a version with just a compass in and no GPS. And, and, and we said no, because it goes against our philosophy. We want to have the discussion with the classes. We want the classes to accept a GPS, because what, what not everybody realizes is that most boats already carry a GPS in their watches, yeah. on their phones. Uh, so it's, it really is a bullshit argument. <laughs> yeah. It's true. And speaking of which, so um, who have you linked up with for oh. watch compatibility? Watch compatibility. Yeah. With your we haven't yet. I thought you yeah, I thought I know where Bice is going. Uh, <coughs> well actually before we, you're you're talking Garmin, we, we, I assume. No, no, I'm just saying like of course you've got this fantastic product and now for everyone to have a wearable on the rail, I'm there's Melders twenty four. Yeah. You've got the got Max on board, and everyone's hanging their ass out over the side for a wearable. What what do you got? Or you got something in the pipeline? You're dealing with someone. Uh, we, we've got something in the pipeline, uh, but it's uh, it's more Maxes. <laughs> <laughs> more Maxes. Uh, and nice. and w- we were talking about watches, but um, we we just see that people have trouble using the watch as well you know we've we've for the our bigger systems we integrate with watches uh for big boats and uh and super yachts but it's you know in the end people just want a dedicated device for their data that's what we've seen so far and uh we really like to be directed by our customers as well so if we get a request if we get it once we'll go like okay that's not we'll put it on the list but if we get it 10 times We'll think seriously about building it. Okay, yeah. I, I tend to agree actually with that. When mm. when you sail on boats with data and stuff, you don't necessarily look at. You can, for example, with the Garmin, you can log what you're doing, but no one ever looks at it. You're always looking yeah. at, at your screens. Yeah. And when but you're in a, the... when you're in a dinghy, you don't have time <laughs> to, exactly. to look at your watch. You literally f- do not have time to do it. The first versions of Max had a lot more data fields, and I was sailing on my moth. I think I can't even deal with this. <laughs> yeah. So let alone anybody else. So yeah. we, we really started to think, what do you need on a dinghy? And it's not much. 
and and also the, the discussion about data is data doesn't necessarily make you a, a better sailing per se. You still need to go out sailing and look around and have the feeling of the boat. Data mm. is a reference to make you a better sailor. Yeah. It helps you to reference what, how you're doing. And, and, and people think that a, a computer will just make you a, a Tom Slingsby. That's complete bullshit. Mm. Oh. Well, first of all, it won't give you red hair. <laughs> Not red mist either. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Tom. Second of all, it won't make you as angry. <laughs> you idiots. Um, uh, right, there's, there's an obvious question, though, mate, that we haven't asked and is really critical because you, you're basically an Olympic sailor. Right, you spend all your time focused on becoming an Olympic sailor. You spend, you know, twelve years doing that, and then how do you suddenly start making all this these instruments? Like, where where does that skill set come from? Uh, well, I as a kid, I would always take apart computers, and I was really into computers um, and into sailing. That's been the things I've always been interested in. And as my end of my Olympic career started to end. Uh, I I was chatting with Cheese, Derek DeRitter, yeah, and and he told me. I said, okay, I want to become a pro sailor. How do I get in the America's Cup or on, on like the, the big boats who fasten it and that kind of racing? And and he's he told me, well, you need to learn a second skill. And oh, I, I, oh, so, I don't so much. I, <laughs> I don't want to become a diver. I don't want to become a sailmaker. I don't want to be. Exactly. So I went like, okay, I like computers. I like the navigation stuff. Um, and I, I became a bit, I did the middle sea race as a navigator and I did a couple of races. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this stuff. But these, these instruments, you know, there's, there's things that can be improved. And that's how it really started, just mm. being a navigator. And, and I rolled into... Uh, uh, some projects, and I, I rolled in, in to the displays uh, in uh, on, a, on a boat, and then and then it all continued from there. And and uh, the the whole uh, electronics bit, you know, I, I had good partners around me who had um, uh, experience in making electronics, and I just teached it myself. You know, there's so much information on uh, uh, on the internet. And together with good people around you, you can build whatever you want. It's insane. It's insane. You know, for an old bloke like me, I can't believe I just said that out loud. Um, you know, just the concept of... Um, yeah, can what? you record that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it is recorded and it's going to everyone. <laughs> the, the, the concept of just going out and building your own system is just... I, I love it, mate. That's I just love the whole concept and your vision too. Like Bossy sort of alluded to it before. You know, the, what he was talking about manifests in that if you've got somebody with your processor or with Max on their boat and it uploads uh, to the cloud and you're in this sort of community, say as a coach, you might be able to see all the data from all the coach boats or yachts all around that bay and you'll be able to get all the wind data and instrument uh, information uh, if people have allowed that info to be um, uploaded. So, um you know, it just has this amazing sort of connectivity and information channel that you could well, build. We're not we're not far off from people being able to just the race committee is uh, organize a race, 
uh, invite boats to compete, and everybody who competes automatically gets the start time and the and the line and the and the marks, etc. You know, no more pinging. That's exact like it's like the America's Cup, but everybody mm. can use it. Mm. Yeah, and that's that that because the America's Cup is super cool, but or uh, racing organizers are amateurs. They're volunteers, and uh, it cannot cost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, so it needs to be done in a way that it's available for everyone and then data becomes available of those races by everyone and even by a simple drone flying over it com- combined with that data you can have a really good report of a race mm. you mm. know Cully, one of the things i was instantly impressed with um whilst salmon you're doing your own thing you're also not necessarily collaborating but you're utilizing what already exists so you have boats that run different processes or different different displays whether that's bng garmin whatever it is and i mean there's a lot of (laughs) we mentioned some pretty big brands here but you produce something exactly we want to collaborate with everyone because we believe we're good in, in in data uh, uh, in, in doing something with the data, we don't want to make sensors to measure it. Um, yep. We we want people to be uh, part of our ecosystem, but we don't make you buy our displays. It's it's means to an end because we think we can present it to our customers in a, in a good way. Yep. Uh, but you need a piece of our uh, product line in order to, to be part of it. Mm. Uh, and and some of the big players, Ray Marine, Garmin, they're really happy to work with us, and we're we're yeah, friends, well, so to that, say. That was actually next question. How, how's that relationship? Uh, it's really good with Garmin and and with Ray Marine and with NKE. Uh, we're, we're good friends, and we we've always tried to become good friends with B and G, but they don't yeah, want to be friends next. <laughs> and, and it's actually quite cool because they've completely copied our our super yacht display. And um, I, I take that as a compliment. No, well, the, I, I think that is the only way to take it. Right? You know, and, and I'm, I'm interested in uh, uh, how it actually looks because I haven't seen it in real life. I've seen pictures. And, uh, yeah, of course, you can look at it like, oh, we've got a competitor, etc. But it's, I think it also means that we've seen it right seven years ago and it's taken them seven years to catch on so that's pretty impressive (laughs) (laughs) five ipads strapped to the mask with some electrical tape (laughs) (laughs) well actually that's but that's the cool thing we you can buy our processor and strap an ipad to the rig or you you can buy a really expensive display because our app does exactly the same as our displays except our displays are sunlight readable, waterproof, etc. But if yeah. you want, you can go to low tech uh, and have the same sort of data for a fraction of the price. Yeah. Fantastic. That's hilarious. So um, one of the things I find interesting, mate, is that uh, when we look at you, your, your dad, uh, Dick, coached you guys through your, your Olympic career. You started with your brother, Sven, and now um, – if you go hang out in your business, uh, Kim, your sister, is floating around. And I was just trying to work out, um, obviously, and Kim really does come across as the boss in many ways. 
<laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she has we some experience get there, in right? that regard as well. Oh. <laughs> so you know, what's the? It's uh, it's a real family affair for you as well. It's not just it's not just the tech and the sailing. There's, there seems to be that family affair. It looks it's pretty cool looking from the outside. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I've worked together with my dad and my brother for 15 years, and so now I'm already working together with my sister for five or something, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, I love tech. I love to. I love sailing, but I'm not a great manager. <laughs> um, I don't like finance. I don't like contracts. I I, I hate all that stuff. And I, I reckon uh, you'd s- be pretty good at HR as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a bit blunt sometimes. It's like uh, it hasn't always worked out that well with uh, people. <laughs> um, so, and my sister comes from big companies like Unilever and she, she was CEO of a big food company here in Holland. And, um, I asked her, why don't you join us? You know, you, uh, you know how to run a company and I know how to make products for sailing. So let's work together. And, and it's uh, we're a good team. It's uh, we've got different skill sets and uh, it's, uh, just like with my brother, we're complementary. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the, that's interesting, you know. You found you found some good talent there, um, but then when I look at your your sort of pro sailors that are tied in with you, I can't help but notice you've got Kyle Langford. So you know the the yeah. kicking boy of Barcarati, the man that we take the piss out of the most, the the uh, the guy that we like to have fun with, and you've gone and uh, you've gone and joined him onto your team. You've got Tom Burton as well, so you've got a couple of Aussies there. But uh, Langford, yeah. Yeah, I've, I got told off by getting too many moth sailors, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not allowed to get any more moth sailors. Okay. But all I, the only reason I got them on is because there was one, two, and three in the moth worlds, and I want to get a bit quicker. Uh. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Are you looking for? Do you want to sail a sharpie? Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. How about yeah, a five oh five? We got uh, our man George, Jay, um, Jay Funk over here, who who's got a bit of pull with that that mob. So, if you, if you can get me over to uh, Australia, I'd be happy to uh, do some five or five. I'll see you in about two thousand twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I can. If we can get you into Australia, we can get you on a boat easy. I got. I can ensure that. Or if you want to put a campaign together and go to the worlds, I can probably organise a boat for you over in Bermuda if you want. So um, <laughs> the class is pretty proactive about creating those opportunities. So, but, uh, yeah, you, you and your brother. Although you're probably a little bit light, aren't you? What do you weigh? Well, it's, it's funny that because I was uh, – it's going to be uh, really cold in the next 10 days in Holland here mm. and I was dust, dusting off all my uh, DN material, my ice yachting and stuff. Oh, yes. And, yes. and I re- I realized that my uh, – I don't know how you call that in English. Spandex. Uh, the, the plank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The plank. Um, when I bought that, I was 10 kilos lighter and three <laughs> kids uh, – uh, without three kids. <laughs> so now I'm – 10 kilos on, so I need to quickly find myself a stiff yeah, plank to go sailing again. Can you can you just put a strip of carbon across it or something? With... 
Are they allowed yeah, to do? yeah, yeah. But I still have a wooden one that was way too stiff for me when I bought the boat. So oh, that's perfect. probably perfect. perfect for me now. Okay. Just watch you don't get a splinter up your ass after the <laughs> Le Mans start when you slide on in. <laughs> well, that's what I did uh, the last time I sailed. I crashed with 100 k's an hour, and and uh, Sander van der Borch uh, uh, made some yeah. great pictures of that. <laughs> yes, fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. We, um, the, it looks crazy, you know. We as we, we were discussing before we went to air, we did that big discussion about ice boating two weeks ago, and um, it's uh, it just looks so crazy for us. But you should have. On the little Max here, because I assume you could put that on the ice boat, couldn't you? Well, that's the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you could you have some sort of readout that just goes, um, uh, holy shit? Starts, yeah, it starts <laughs> flashing red. Like. <laughs> bail out, bail out, bail out. <laughs> yeah, eject, eject. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could actually. We we are working on those kind of things, but uh, for different purposes. And I was just thinking, shit, if I go ice yachting, I, I, my mind goes to kilometers an hour, and now everything's in knots. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to th- think about that. Oh, don't worry, it was only fifty knots where you wiped out. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Exactly. And why does but it's that cool happen? because we've never we've never measured the speeds in in the ends, or I have never. I've always bragged that I was going hundred k's an hour, but actually, I have no idea how fast yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy. So you've got a real cold snap going on there. Well, it, not yet, but from tomorrow on, it's going to snow half a meter. Wow. Uh, mm. So that's perfect to get the water cold, and then it will uh, start freezing to minus 10, minus 11. So all the canals um, are freezing? Not yet, but they will. But they will, yeah. So Because yeah, we, um, we were talking about that ice skating event you have around the canals there. They have it whenever the conditions are right with our – our mates the from Elf Stadertocht. Huh? The what? The Elf Stadertocht. So the 11 cities thing. That's it. Yeah. That's know. it. Yeah. Yeah. Our mates from Tyson uh, were telling us about it um, uh, when we were having a few beers once. And uh, we just uh, we thought that sounded pretty cool as well. You guys get to do some fun stuff. Yeah, but it, uh, that had, didn't happen since 1997, I think. Wow. So. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, yeah. believe it or not, the out. Equivalent race in Australia hasn't happened for a while either. <laughs> <laughs> How's your skiing going in Australia? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've gone barefoot. Yeah. Single ski. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> Actually, I, um, my wife and I have got into the, the snow sports in the last year or two. It's uh, We quite enjoy it, but you can't really go now, you know, and it's not really – it's not that great of snow here in Australia, so uh, and now we're sort of stuck in Australia for a while. So. Are, you not, are you not? Are you not allowed to travel? Not really, no. Nah, it's there's. Well, you can travel. It's just the issue of trying to get back. Mm. Okay. So if you come back in, or anyone trying to come into Oz, you've got to um, isolate in a hotel. So basically, what happens is you you land, you get on a bus, they take you to the hotel which you've got to pay for. You go into your room. They don't give you your room card or key. You just go into your room and they close the door and you don't come out for two weeks. Wow. So, yeah. So because um, we've sort of got rid of it, you know, like everyone's living a normal life in Australia. So um, we occasionally get some leakage when one of the, the security guards sneaks in on, uh, or does something <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> let's say it like that. Go Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, what's, um, your, what's your theory, Jay? 
<laughs> he was having a little sneak through the uh, little little look through the um, keyhole. Hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm the one that's got to be professional. I'm supposed only to... with one eye. <laughs> <laughs> be aware of the pommies that they don't get in. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's right. That's right. So we, um, so yeah, the the government said that uh, we're not supposed to. There'll probably be no travel until at least twenty two. That being said, Sail GP is coming up, and some of our guys, uh, you know, our teams are about to head off. So we we don't know how that's going to work logistically. We've got the the Australian Open tennis has been here, and I think it caused a major for a lot of the the tennis players. All their entourage coming in, and they all got locked up in hotels for two weeks, and they were not happy. Um, but that's the way we do it. And New Zealand's the same, you know. And we've got. You know, we've got normal life. We don't have COVID effectively. So, um, oh, I wish we would get it that again. You know, our kids are at home. Uh, the, the 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 world's pretty closed there. No yeah. shops, no bars, nothing. Yeah, it's it's a strange. It is strange, but. Um, so, yeah, in terms of uh, being able to go and do that sort of stuff, we don't. So in terms of regattas and stuff, though, there are regattas now starting to happen um, in and around Australia. So, you know, for us to talk about some sailing, we, we don't have a huge amount. But, you know, like obviously we've got the America's Cup going on in New Zealand um, and they've, they're able to run that. And you've, got, you've got spectators out. They're all out on the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah. And... And none of them are at risk of catching COVID because nobody's got COVID in, in the mainstream. So, you know, if you've got COVID, you're completely locked down. So no one that's outside has COVID. It's just the way it is. What, well, what? it helps to be on a bloody island, eh? <laughs> <laughs> a long way away from everyone. That's right. Well, exactly. you're in the Netherlands, in mate. helps to be underwater <laughs> or not. <laughs> well, that would help if you would just flood the country for a while. Hey. Um, but speaking of the cup, though, yeah, Cully, I, I assume you've been watching it pretty closely. What, yeah, what's, funny, your, I, what, what's your I feedback, a, mate? I had a little baby in April this year, and uh, he wakes up occasionally at night. Um, so, But every time the cup's on, so I'll go again. I'll <laughs> go and take it downstairs. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, that's And it. then, uh, no, but my take on it is... Well, it's surprising to see the Brits, eh, to yeah. how they've come back because well, most people wrote them off. Most people did. Um, but just sorry to just diverge a little bit, Cully, with my good friend here, Jordan. But um, I got a phone call from him at our mate Snowdy mm-hmm. the other day mm-hmm. who said he was listening to last week's episode of Barkerati mm-hmm. and for whatever reason it when that finished, it went back to the episode when we were talking to Tyson Lamont. Oh, okay. And uh, there was a lot of predictions during that show that have now come into force. Okay. Um, including the dominance of the, um, of Ainsley and yep. for not writing them off out of what – they were about to do, how bad they were going to be, and then the resources they have and the money they have. So I know where you're going. Which yeah. is, uh, yeah. So to see them, back to you, Cully, the, to see them bounce back the way they have um, it with the calibre that they've got led by Grant Simmer, um, 
It's it's gonna be one of the best battles. Mm. This Louis Vuitton, uh, I agree. Louis Vuitton Prada Cup, <laughs> Prada Cup is gonna be one of the greatest battles I think we've seen in in good time. And last week you spoke about it. It was too short for the semis, but now what we're getting into now, this is perfect over yeah. a few weekends. So good. Yep, first to well, I, I, I hope Prada and, and Ineos are well matched, but it could very m- well be that one of the two has found some speed edge, yep. which will make it hard for the other one. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. We're throwing the theory. Well, I'm particularly pushing the theory that the boats so far seem pretty good because um, if you get the if you win the start and you, you get the lead, it, they're quite hard to pass, you know, because one, the sailors are so good. Um, so they don't really make mistakes. Yeah, you don't fuck up. Yep. And, and two, um, you know, the boats are, are reasonably even and it's a pretty tight little course, so it's hard to sort of get that leverage to, to find some passing ground. Um, so the interesting thing will be um, we know that the, uh, the Italian team is pretty solid on uh, starting. Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with the Poms on their starting skills mm. and a bit of match racing. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever goes through, I actually reckon they could be a little bit of a threat because no disrespect to the New Zealanders and uh, we're very good mates with the boys in that team. Um, that's probably Pete's only weakness, isn't it? Like uh, match racing starting. starts. I mean, sure, he'd be up to speed within no. a month. I, it wouldn't, I wouldn't take say. Long. I wouldn't say starting. Just when you look at uh, Jimmy and Ben's match racing uh, pedigree mm. compared to Pete's, is obviously a lot more. Um, but does that mean anything when no, you've got to nah. be doing 34 knots so. across yeah. the sail line? Plus, I think I will say that the match racing program in New Zealand is insanely good. And. Um, you know, oh, yeah. And he I would mean, have been – there's no way he hasn't been practising. So I think I was just trying to – I was trying to throw a bit of false bait up there and see if people would respond to it because uh, – I, 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 I think, you know, in general, the upwind starts make for a bigger difference at the start. That's one thing. The, the reaching starts of the last cup oh, made yeah. it much yeah. more close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one thing. Yeah. And um, if you look at the Prada Cup first, I think Jimmy is a great match racer. But Ben is just one of the best sailors in the world. And and Jimmy and Checo haven't been covering that well. You know, when they took the lead, they haven't been really protecting mm. that well. So mm. uh, I, th- I think if they have the speed, they need to make sure they protect because Ben is a, is a sneaky. Yep. One of, uh, one of the things I think they're doing is minimizing the levers. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon that's making a bit of distance. So uh, they're making an, eleva- uh, an estimation based on if we let them go, the risk is they're going to get about this much leverage, but we we will hit the ley line if we stay here and we can reduce one more manoeuvre and we get to the favoured side. So I think I think the number of manoeuvres or um, tax is actually affecting distance. So that, I think that is coming into play in the thoughts. I think they've been practicing a lot on maneuvers because I think in their debriefs they've probably discussed no this a lot. My, but there's yeah. still distance lost when you tackle job. My my um my thought is the maneuvers are covered. 
They know how every manoeuvre is done. Sure. And that is why um, American Magic went down when they're saying mm. it's a risky manoeuvre. They knew that was a risky manoeuvre. So well, everyone that's an knows subject. <laughs> how to do stuff, right? Yeah, but you missed my, it too. My, my, my take right now, yeah. what's going to happen, Grant Simmer, Ben Ainsley have got some of the biggest balls in the fucking game, right? I'm going to have to and edit this they, whole episode. Stop they, swearing. They are going to come out full guns blazing or they have just made a error. And so, go up in flames. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I really hope they can maintain the momentum that took them to to where they are now. Um, but who knows? And But, of course, the dark horse is the Italians. Mm. Right. What have they got yeah, but left I, in their bag? I think they look quick, you know. They, they, they've improved a lot since they last sailed against Ben. But Ben's had a lot of time to work on his boat and he's got a whole Mercedes F1 behind him and whatnot. Mm. Um, but in the end, I think Team New Zealand will win. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't mind. Okay. We don't okay. mind because, you know, for viewing for us, it comes right at lunchtime. So, yeah, but I'd rather go to Italy next time and watch mm. the watch the cup there. It's nice weather. England, oh, not so Lake Garda. No. Lake <laughs> yeah, exactly. Garda, you reckon? <laughs> That'd be, be pretty cool, eh? Uh, doesn't it need to be on the uh, on, on an the ocean? Sea? It can't the cup? be on, a lake. on an ocean. Yeah. 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 It's in the rule. Um, not chasing it would be pretty good. Yeah. It'd be unreal. <laughs> it'd be unreal. Um, all right. Well, what about Sal GP? Are you, are you loving that? Are you, that's coming back. Are you, you fired up? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm fired up if it happens. Mm. Uh, mm. That's like in Europe, I don't see it happening, to be honest. No, I was wondering the same thing. I, I, I think it's a high risk manoeuvre. Um, what about the Vonday? Mm. Did you get into that? Uh, yeah, I did follow it in the beginning, but I, I kind of lost interest along the way. Right. Um, Actually, you know, the, the boats are if, not that not that quick. You know, it's it's they, they're <laughs> throttling them down quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. good question. Mm-hmm. Foils, non-foils. Do you even care? Rudder elevators is the uh. answer, I think. Here, <laughs> here. I think good that's answer. the problem. Yeah, they're just that's too fucking the dangerous step. and they break. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we're we're throwing a few ideas out here at the moment, so that's good. All right. Let's solve another one. What if you were running the uh, the ocean race? Oh. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, what do you do? How would you? What would your fleet look like? Then ask me. To, a, anybody can compete, just like the old days. You know, let's mm. get Comanche in. Mm. <laughs> we. Um, I should Let's get a hundred footers in. So we actually we wrote up a plan. Uh, Nick Bice and I uh, wrote up a plan for the race that actually had that element put back into it. So um, you would, oh, we, what did we call it? We just we didn't call it Corinthian. We called it. It was the top teams, but we opened. There was a division open for all proper ocean races for exactly that. Let's get Comanche into the race, uh, and they could do. Um, a bunch of legs. It was just, certain legs. Yeah, it was their own legs. division. Uh, and if you time the race right, you could pick up some of the major global 
uh, ocean racing events and then continue on. They could continue on and, and sail that. So we actually, you're on the same wavelength that we're on. Uh, we've got, we presented a plan to the CEOs and, you know, it got bounced around quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, that was the whole element because we figure that once the owners, the logic was once the owners of these boats get uh, hooked into the race rather than just their own program, then they suddenly come back in and actually put in um, their, a boat into the, the, the fleet. The problem with the ocean race is getting the sponsors. So, uh, and you've got wealthy individuals that really like to sail big boats. So get them interested in the ocean race. Because otherwise, it's just, you know, it's it's pretty remote. It's it's hard. It's a, it hasn't been. Yeah, and right now, I'm, I'm worried about the ocean race for the next couple of years. Well, the Dutch are such mad proponents of it. Like, your nation is massively into the event. So, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are as invested as any other country's ever been in the event. So, um, I'm, I'm intrigued. That's well, why I, I must say, Jordan, it's like the Dutch are proponents for the ocean race mm-hmm. as much as Australia are proponents for Vegemite. We're <laughs> all owned by different nations that don't yeah. belong to us. <laughs> so it, I think, it all comes I, home. I think, Right, but we still get behind our brands. Mm. Yeah, in an ideal world, you'd have the, a one design class, but you have a one design class that you could build yourself. Just like the, the Volvo 70s were perfect. Yeah, but I think there was just so not good. enough money to keep it running. You know, so it's so the perfect ocean race would have been two years ago in a Volvo 65. Yeah, which would have been one year after the event that we just had yeah scarlet down a little bit the boats would have made it no problem and now we're unfortunately in this position so let's uh, see what happens next we're, we're all yeah and i think the, the, what do you think about the foiling 60s then oh i mean we oh nah disaster i think that it could work <laughs> it could definitely work if there was i mean they're, they're a bit small inside and like you guys said, the, uh, we proposed the elevator on the rudder. I mean, that becomes a whole different thing. But I think the 60s uh, with a proper crew on, um, without the autopilots, that's a, that becomes pretty awesome. I, but we don't, I, there's I not personally think that the Omoka boat Doesn't compared to a Super 60 mm. as what it was going to be mm. prepped for a fully crewed boat well, fully crewed with four or five people, mm. are com- two completely different boats. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. Which is unfortunate. What about a, what about a foiling trimaran? Mmm. Mmm. Now we're talking. Mm. The only issue is the, um, that uh, money thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have to make it a big one. <laughs> but if you look at the... I like the Jules Verne right now. I think it sparks my imagination yep, at least. Yep. You know, it's it's so amazing to see those things go around and how quick they get to the equator. Yeah, and that's what people get their uh, juices flowing. You know. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes and no, though. When you look at the Vendée, did you mm. even care who was falling or not falling? No. I. I... Wasn't the weakness that we weren't getting great footage off like we did with the the ocean race? You know, like that ability to see ocean. If we yeah. saw footage, I think, yeah, yeah, 
if you look at the Agree. drone footage you get from uh, uh, from the Jules Verne or whatever, that that's what sparks the imagination. Yeah, mm. it's it needs some yeah some content some in order stimulus, for it yeah. to. So the, uh, the tracker the, the tracker alone is not enough. So why don't uh, all the race organisers just to get together and, and put camera stations all the way around the globe at each you know every kilometre <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> Good That'd call. be interesting. <laughs> well, maybe once uh, Starlink uh, comes online, they can just have uh, yeah, live yeah. streaming from all boats. That's going to change everything, isn't it? Like when that happens, that that changes everything. I reckon. So yeah, I'm intrigued to, to follow that out. That so um, yeah. well, on the on the back of all the just talking a bit of um, bit of, bit of bullshit and a bit of fun. What's your next move, Cully? What's Salmon's next move, mate? What do you got up your sleeve? Uh, I could tell you, but I have to kill you. Hmm? <laughs> Please. <laughs> but it's all in this. It's all in this direction. You know, uh, we realize that it's a different world out there today. So we speed up some of our developments in order to make virtual racing a possibility. So people would still go out there and go sailing. And the other thing is to be able to organize races with less people, which, because that that really is trouble. You know, if we go sailing on a lake, I want to be able to organize a race and just mm. go racing with my mates. I don't want to need a race committee to organize races. And uh, I think uh, with Max, uh, we've got a lot of ideas what to do in the future. Wow. Uh, with the, We've got some cool ideas for the big boats as well. You know, we're really going to focus on the things we're good at. That's displays and data and the way people enjoy that on the water and off the water. And, um, there's plenty more ideas, but we there's first a lot of uh, work to do on the things we have today. And then the next step is augmented reality, but that's uh, oh, yeah. maybe a bridge too far. <laughs> bridge too far at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, we are pretty much at the end of our time, um, but I do want to ask one question. What is your favorite boat to sail? Oh, depends what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If I'm cruising with the family... It's probably something like a a Hansa or something cruisy or you know mm-hmm. Hansa five four five. Yep, not bad. I like your choice. <laughs> if it's um, if I'm racing, I, I like I love them off. It's uh, it's the most fun I can have racing. Yeah. Um, and when I'm by myself, I yeah I don't know. I have you ever sailed a sharpie? Canals. Have you ever sailed a sharpie, Cully? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Right. You know what's fun? We have a class in home. It's called a rainbow. And you sit with three guys, and it's a big class. And the most fun is the third race. You know, the the the, the race at the bar. Yeah, yeah. that's well, fun as well. It's a bit like bar karate sailors lager. The best beer is the third one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, I reckon uh, we've had a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's been fun. Been good. Great to catch up again. And, well, Mets this year, oh, who knows? Who knows? It's been a hard one again. As as long as we don't have our vaccinations in order, it's going to be trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That will be there. Um, All right. Well, uh, for those who are interested, Salmon is S-A-I-L-M-O-N and their webpage, salmon.com. 
We do have a lot of listeners in Australia and New Zealand, and uh, your distributor here is our mates at Ronston, I think. Is that correct? Yep. 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 So if you want to chat to the boys at Ronston, they'll be able to hook you up if you want to find out anything more. And apart from that, uh, we just look forward to catching up for a beer at some stage. Yeah, big. Good to see you guys in real life again. Yeah. And hopefully I can get to Australia to some better weather again in the, in the winters to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and the other thing, Carlo's actually got one of our original uh, Bar Karate shirts. You've got one of the, the first ones that we did. We didn't – the ones. Yeah, we... I, I was thinking of putting it on today, but I decided <laughs> on the Silmon shirt anyway. Fair enough. Well, business, mate. Corporate – you got corporate yeah, stuff. Exactly. Got. Yeah. Yeah, got to keep it running. 23% serious, 100% fun. <laughs> what? 100% serious, 23 What? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, let, right, never cool. let the truth get in the way of a good story. All right, cool. All right, mate. Yeah, I learned. I le- All right, mate. Well, no, no, go you. and finish off what you're going to say. No, that's a, that's something I learned from the late Kevin Burnham. You know, he's uh, he passed away in December, and I think uh, I don't know if you talked about him in the show, but uh, that was, uh, was a mm. was a character, and uh, you know, he's one to miss. But he teach me never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> and I believe, and he always said it with the Heineken in his hand. Oh yeah. But because I, I first met him and the stories were always amazing, you know, and, and then over the years I heard the same stories over and over <laughs> again and they only got better. <laughs> I love it. Cool. All right, bud. A bit we'll like John, but they get worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. All right, <laughs> Gully. Cheers, man. See you, mate. Ciao. Well, as I said, going into that one, Bicey, a really impressive bloke. Always struck me as an impressive bloke and just a really good conversation. Yeah, bloody good. And like I um, spoke about when we first met him when they when he came down to Lisbon and his vision for what mm. he was going to create was mm. really excited me. Unfortunately, we didn't get the opportunity to implement that and unfortunately the world's turned into a <laughs> different different world, yeah. well, different place um, in what we wanted to do, but that could have been bloody cool. But he's got something really interesting. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, moving on, um, for those who are fans of the Prada Cup, when we publish this, it'll be um, probably five days till the Prada Cup starts. So, um, again, so the 13th, uh, best of 13. So the first of seven wins out of Luna Rossa and um, Ineos, the American or the UK, uh, the UK team, sorry. <laughs> Whoops. The American UK team. <laughs> Um, so anyway, get fired up about that. Uh, for those on the Sunshine Coast, Malula Bay Yacht Club will be hosting. So what are you got going on, actually? Oh, so just... on on the weekends of the Cup? Yeah, on the Saturdays, I think it is. Commentating or? No, 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 no. no. Basically, just trying to bring more people in the sport, right? So what we're, the idea is that um, we'll open up, we'll open the club up from 11.30, because it starts yep. at 12 o'clock in, a, in our time in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, open the bar up. I'll make sure I've got plenty of Barcarati Sailors Lager. And then people, just the whole idea is that I'll put a whiteboard there and people throw out questions, right? Mm. Now, 
I'm going to be a facilitator. It's not all about me talking. What are the so idea? what um, commentary are you going to run with? Uh, uh, New Zealand or Kenny? Uh, Kenny whatever. and Nath? Oh, that's the one I'd run with, uh, Kenny yeah. and Nath. It's, yeah. well, it's far better than the, the New Zealand one. Um, yeah. As a commentator, when I listen, um, I much I, Kenny Kenny and Nath is Nath is really really intuitive. Oh. He's providing really deep the information that's really interesting. Um, the other, the New Zealand one, is just like shouting at the TV, <laughs> you know, like it's old-fashioned mm. commentary technique. Um, yeah. And and Nath doing beautifully. Kenny Kenny's fantastic, you know. Um, I don't know. I like I, I love the way Kenny. And again, I'll mention it. Not necessarily dumbs it down, but he puts it into a perspective that everyone can understand. Yeah, well. So my mum can watch it when Kenny's commentating. Mm. She understands what what's going on, he, he and loves doing we it too. we can get so complicated, mm. Mm. and sailing can get so complicated. Mm. But uh, the way that they do it, I I think is as good as it is going to get. Yeah, I mean, you and I could do it better, but not much. Well, <laughs> I must admit, I've been watching Holy Moly, yeah. the new thing on Channel Seven. <laughs> Uh, you probably and, better explain that one to a few people, but that is funny. He's good, isn't he, that guy? And my wife has said, well, first of all, I saw a Facebook post, and holy moly, for, for the American listeners, you know exactly what it is, but for everyone else, it's basically um, mini golf cross American Ninja cross... Um, Bad stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, but it for me it is pretty good. It's very funny. Um, in saying that, so I saw this Facebook post from this um, um, mum of a kid who goes to my kids' school. Um, holy moly! All the women are wearing oh. no clothing. Mm. All the men are beer drinking. Bogans. Bat bogans. Yep. Yep. But my kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't and it? Seriously, I watched it at night and it was it was seriously there. And I was listening specifically to the commentary, thinking to myself, could Jordan not do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, I was laughing <laughs> this this the at the Seppo guy. Thinking to myself, yep, that's Jordan. <laughs> that's a redhead Jordan. <laughs> well, uh, that's funny. That's funny. It's good fun. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so the, the gist of the thing with Malibu Yacht Club, it's not – it's just an information sharing. So somebody's going to have some expertise there. Um, so if somebody wants to understand how the box – you know, something about the oh, racing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll break it down before and after and just let the commentary run and, and have beers and have a laugh and it's just to get people into the club. And yeah, so good. it's just going out to all our – everyone's sending it out to all their mates and people coming in. It's just an idea. And if you have a club and you want to bring people into the club, do that. There's so much interest. When I say to my mates who don't sail, this is what we're, we're going to do, people are just, man, I'll be there. I'll be there for sure. So yeah. you just just you just need someone to facilitate discussion. That's all, and work out the answers. 
It's not about yeah. one person dominating. It's that, That's not my goal. So, yeah, I think we're just going to have a bit of fun. All right. Should we move on from that? But anyway, enjoy that. I can't wait. All right. But before we move on, mm-hmm. uh, where's your money? Finally. Oh, Where do you sit? I don't know. I don't know. I'm still stuck okay, on the really I, I must admit, we've been accused via cheers mm. at barkarati.com mm. um, for sitting on the fence. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, It is fair. Just, it is fair. But nobody's actually sent in and put their tips into us. So. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty crowded fence. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I. Uh, as we've said many times, I want everyone to win. That's my problem. I, I, you know, I literally care about people in every team. So um, I want everyone to win. I, I just, as far, as far as I'm concerned, the best possible outcome, it goes to 13 races and it finishes with a one centimetre margin on that last race. And, and then the boat blows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I, um um, That'll be unfortunate if you win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, all right, well, just quickly moving on, just a big uh, congratulations to Clarice Kremer. Who, oh. Yep, go on. How good, how good was that? Fantastic. I, I think, um, and despite whatever position she came over the line, she has the ultimate um, round-the-world record female Around the world That's it. record for the Bondo. That's it. Uh, she uh, who beats uh, Ellen, Ellen MacArthur, who previously had it. Yep. Um, who came in second when she did it, and that was what twenty plus years ago. Twenty one years ago. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So, so Clarice finished twelfth overall. Uh, did it in eighty seven hours, eighty seven days, eighty seven days, two hours twenty four minutes. Yeah. Uh, whereas Ellen's record was 94 days, four hours in the 2000-2001 Bondi. Um, so, yeah, fantastic performance. Uh, congratulations. It's uh, And tough finish into the into the finish. The weather oh. wasn't super kind but uh, nailed it. So, yeah. If anyone's going to beat you up, that's Bay Biscay. Bay Biscay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so our first woman is home and uh, hopefully more and more. Uh, we'll be doing the event. It's it's a good event. We've enjoyed it. I think most people have enjoyed it. Um, Going back though, just mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. foils, non foils. Oh, uh, look, uh, it's clo- it's, I'm of the view, and it was proved with the 65s. As long as the racing's close, yeah, everything's good. Uh, I love the 60s with the foils when we get footage of it. If we had footage of that all the way around, you know, I. I mean, how, not, how hard did they really push it, you reckon, not those guys hard. in Southern Ocean? I don't reckon. With that. Alex not being there, mm. um, did they really push it or they were kind of holding back? Well, I think it's tough. I, I reckon the event would be better having two people. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Because then suddenly yeah. the standard and the pressure comes up, yep. uh, the mistakes drop and, um, you know, just sail that boat, drive that boat, drive that boat. Um, I reckon it'd be it'd be a better event, mm. but they're not going to do it. So, I mean, the French don't oh, listen to yeah. us. They don't listen to us at all. We've discovered. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> what? What? No. No. Um, <laughs> speaking of that event, though, our mate Ryan Ryan Brymeyer, he's announced he's 
going for the 24-25 event and he's going to spend the next nine months trying to raise funding. If he can raise funding, he's going to go for it. Um, so we wish him all the best. I think we'll say quite clearly on that. Um, given the reaction we've had to his episode, people love hearing him talk. He's, uh, he's, we've had so many positive there, responses. There is certainly no doubt the most – the biggest reaction we've ever had is... In terms of feedback? Yeah, in terms of feedback. And I'm talking good feedback here. Right, feedback. Yeah. Is, oh, thank God someone is just telling the truth mm. or what they actually feel. Mm. So, well, one, to Ryan, we wish you the best of luck. Two, to everyone that listened and kind of got on Ryan's bandwagon, stay on it because this guy is going to put a boat in the water and he's going to do all those things that everyone else doesn't listen to. <laughs> and, and let's see. Let's see indeed. Yeah. That was good on him. Um, a couple of quick ones. A bloke by the name of Adam Lincoln sent a link through to us. Uh, yes. The Australian Classic Dinghy Network. You must have wet your pants when you saw that. Oh, there was a photo of a rainbow mm. in the background. Mm. Yep. Uh, so that's a Facebook page if you want to find out about that one. Australian Classic Dinghy Network. All these retro photos um, of uh, dinghies from years back. And you know what I, I love? You, like you love the rainbow, I love a scow moth. Oh, <laughs> mate, don't know. Well, the of of course the listener can't see, but I just had a bolt on it. <laughs> I think um, how good is the scow moth though? Yeah, coming up, yeah. they've got fourteen at the nationals or something. Yeah, they got a they've got a big regatta um, coming up. Yeah, I think in March. The scow moth, and this is one thing. Do I agree? Not agree? They're using a modern. Mylar sale. Mm, I, I don't mind because it's yeah. probably cheaper for them. They can, they just, nah, get, yeah, yeah, just grab it off the other ones. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, so, but I used to, I, I love them, especially when it's like 25, 30 knots and those things are just skipping across the top of the waves. Yeah. They're just insane. They're very yeah. cool. I uh, got uh, a note from uh, Crokey, uh, not, not, uh, Nevwitty, not Nevwitty. Uh, <laughs> Not uh, Neville Crichton. Neville Crichton, thank you. Um, but uh, from uh, Lake Macquarie, the Sydney 38 New South Wales State Championship, 6th to 7th March, they, as part of the Sydney Harbour uh, Regatta, they need some publicity, they reckon, just to get some more funding for the event. And they reached out and I said, sure, no worries. Um, so I'm just giving a plug. So if you're interested, great boat, the Sydney 38, the one design class. Are they keen for a beer sponsor? Keen for a beer? Actually, we should do that, yeah. I'll tell you who's on the boat. One of the sailors is Dean Blatchford is on there. Um, yeah. A bunch of 5 guys are on, on these boats. A All right. Bunch of we'll get some, I'll tell you what, 38s, we'll, we'll sling some beer your way. Mm. Um, we'll become the official beer sponsor for the regatta. What, mm. what club is it out of? Do you know? Not off okay. the top of my head. All right. Anyway, we'll, um, we'll take care of that. So to let us know, cheers oh. at barkarati.com. We're actually the official. We'll make it happen. We're the official beer sponsor. We're the actual overall sponsor for the VX1 Queensland State Champs 27th and 28th of yes. February. Um, just because we give them so much publicity. 
<laughs> apparently. So that's good. Um, so Barkerati, we're, uh, we're emerging. We're emerging. We yes. don't make a cent from it, but we're, we're still out there trying to make it. And remember, if you do get us in the club, like if you – people like the beer. I can assure you the beer is good. Um, but if we do end up making money at it, we're going to give a quarter of that profit back uh, to sailing. That's, that's our stated goal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Team New Zealand, Sail GP, I mentioned that before. Team New Zealand announced their lineup. Did you see that at all? I must admit that's a negative, negative? from my side. Uh, Pete what Blair. have they got? A few cyclists there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pete and Blair uh, made the team, which is good. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unu- unusual. Andy Maloney? Yep. Never heard of him? Been there for a while. Josh Jr.? Never heard yep. of him. Been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Hansen, uh, Louis Sinclair. Yep. And uh, the two lasses that are fighting out for one spot is Liv McKay and Erica Dawson. So, because um, they're trying to bring uh, a female crew in on each of the boats with SailGP yeah. this season. So, um, which is cool. So, good luck to that team. It'll be pretty formidable. Mate, straight seriously, SailGP, is it going to happen? I don't see how it's going to happen. Yeah, well, I mean, I, we we talk about this what every three weeks with um, with uh, our current res- restrictions. No, no, no. With um, the World Yacht Rally, with our, oh, yeah. our little yeah, program, yeah. because we've yeah. we've been trying to get something up called the World Yacht Rally for all the cruisers out there, and. Um, we talk about – we do risk management discussions every few weeks about when we're going to launch it again and we can't – we just don't think we're going to get it up this mm. year. So so yeah. it's, a, it's a gutsy call from Sail GP. I hope it goes ahead if, if they can do it safely. And Did works. you see um, Russell Coots' photo on Facebook, no. Sail GP? No, no. Took a photo of the um, uh, Team New Zealand boat. Mm-hmm. It's probably the blurriest photo I've ever seen. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that was a strategy or not. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Etchell's letters. We got a, an amazing little letter. We'll probably, again, we'll leave that. We got some pretty amazing detail again through the week. We'll just hang on to that a little bit longer. Let BP come back for that because um, he'll fire off like a little firecracker. It'll be fun. But... What you brought up last week, Bice, and I just... Yes. The best off-the-beach dinghy. Off-the-beach dinghy. So, we're obviously... I've actually changed my mind. Oh, what to? Hobie Wave. Hobie Wave. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm thinking is, and we'll put it down and we'll do it in a couple of weeks, just send us in your view. What do you reckon is the best off-the-beach dinghy? Um, I reckon that'd be pretty cool. It will be. Um... So the listener just email us at cheers at barkerati.com. What is the best off the uh, Or, yeah, or Messenger or, or whatever, whatever yeah, any just, of the socials, yeah. just, and we'll just compile. Um, but I must say there, there's one which I, after mentioning it last week, and I've had a few comments, the FD is starting to get a few um, mentions. So... Um, it is a, an amazing vessel, the old FD. Um, yeah. They, uh, I reckon, they're a particularly good boat for a skipper. Have you have you ever sailed one? Oh, mate. Well, no. That, well, that's a negative. But I concur. It would be a good boat for a skipper, not for a crew. 
mm. when you got to pull a Genoa on. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I, I have been lucky enough to win a national champs in an FD and um, pulling that bloody Genoa on just about – you're just that last couple of inches, you know, when it's 25 knots or something and yeah. you just, you, you've got everything raked right back and uh, and then, you know, like the skipper reaches over, it's three hands. You need three hands. It's always yeah. – um, yeah. there, but for the skipper, it's just so smooth. There are smooth boats. I remember actually when they got dropped from the Olympics, they tried to come back with, um, they created this skiff FD. I don't know if you ever heard, and they put wings on it like, like an 18. Yeah, right. And so it was an FD, more powered up FD, right? Oh, <laughs> just just because you need something a bit more powered up. <laughs> and um, they had the worlds. They had the worlds at uh, Brighton Seacliff one year when they had it, and they put it. They brought it over with it in the container, and uh, so me and Sandy Higgins were out blasting around on this thing and having a go. So, but I don't. Was think, it fast? I, I don't think the problem with the FD is it's smooth, right? You don't notice the speed. Um, so that's one of the things, like an 18, you don't – it doesn't bounce around as much. It sort of feels like a truck yeah, out of yeah, control. But yeah. whereas um, some boats feel a lot faster. You're not going as fast, but they feel faster because they're so mm. skiddy and sort of thing. Whereas an FD is just – it's sort of just it, – it's like a train. It's on rails the yeah, whole time. Yeah. I think – but they're a great class. But um, I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested in other people to throw out other ideas. I think um, – I mean – they're still, they're still, everyone else has still got it wrong so far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly no doubt the rainbow is without <laughs> doubt the ultimate off the beach class. <laughs> I love your passion, mate. I love your passion. <laughs> oh, dear. Cool. What else? Anything else? Well, I'm trying to think of something to take the piss out of BP with, but um, yeah, we might just leave it there, I guess. Hmm. I think we'll leave it there. We'll pick on him next week. Just fire into him. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. I think we'll leave it there, everyone. All right. Good to speak. Cheers, mate. See you, everyone. Oh, here he is. Big <laughs> You made it. The credits. <laughs> Too bad, BP. You ran out of time.